significant. I think that people, Puerto Ricans in the U.S. need to, because you're the you're the ones who get to vote. You're the one, the ones who get to make yourself heard and then make the people, the politicians over there care about us. Because otherwise, like, you know, we gotta get organized. And you guys in, in the mainland, you're the ones who have the real power. So I, I hope everybody, I think it's a responsibility that uh, every, yeah. and I talked to my friends about it and, I, and I'm on their asses. I don't care if you feel like you're apolitical or you're not very into politics or whatever. I need you to go out there and vote because it's not, it's shameful if you're a Puerto Rican and you say you love your country and then you don't go and vote against the guy who considered selling us after Hurricane Maria. What the hell was that? When I read that, I was, it's so typical of him. I, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, no, don't surprise. What colonial bullshit is that? You know, and it just shows how terrible of a business person he is because Puerto Rico makes so much money for the United States that they don't get, you know, like it just shows why he has so many bankruptcies. Let's call it like it Definitely. is. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to Porique, a podcast about Puerto Rico and Puerto Rican stories. I'm your host, Caroline Gomez. You are listening to our 10th episode of Porique. I hope you have been enjoying our conversations and learning from them as much as we have. In this episode, I talk with Caroline Fontanet-Smith a lawyer building a life with her husband in Puerto Rico. Carolyn mentions being an ex-PNP party member, something she hopes to atone for by being vocal against the hidden agenda of those in the party and by educating and being active on social media. So, what is Puerto Rico's status? If you are not informed about Puerto Rican politics, historically, there have been three main parties all of which are classified by their preferred political status. The New Progressive Party, or PNP, their platform is the annexation of Puerto Rico to the United States. Today, there are many newer political parties that exist and political candidates that are unaffiliated. The PNP, or New Progressive Party, that Caroline Fontanet-Smith talks about leaving, has its focus on statehood its possible prosperity, and historically has seen U.S. presence on the island as a blessing. The other main party, PPD, or Popular Democratic Party, understands Puerto current status and aims to be an incorporated territory of the United States with self-government. The other main party, PPD, or Popular Democratic Party, understands Puerto Rico's current status and aims to be an incorporated territory of the United States with self-government. Lastly, we have the PEEP, which exists in the main conversations about status, but whose influence exists in the periphery, but nevertheless has been influential. The Partido Independentista Puertorriqueño was founded to bring independence to Puerto Rico, but more recently has shifted its focus towards a transition as a free association with the United States before independence of Puerto Rico. Understanding these establishment parties is the key to understanding the conundrum that is Puerto Rican politics in this post-Hurricane Maria era. 
where Puerto Ricans understand the irrelevance of these status-focused parties whose alliances to the U.S. parties are not always known to Puerto Rican voters. For example, a great majority of PNP-elected politicians hold alliances with Republicans in the United States. This is problematic because these politicians are also aligning themselves with white supremacy in an island with people that are colonial subjects to the state. Most recently, the Ricky Renuncia protest of Verano 2019, during which thousands of Puerto Ricans protested, then Governor Ricardo Rosselló, after he was found participating in a group chat with other government officials that made fun of their corruption, had misogynistic rants against women and LGBT people, activists on the island, and this evidence of organized abandonment has changed Puerto Rican politics and has made Puerto Ricans lose faith and trust in the political process. Both establishment parties are seen by young voters as failing mechanisms for the needs of the island. The new progressive party has failed to bring to fruition the political status they promote. And the popular Democratic Party insists on keeping the colonial relationship with the United States as is, a relationship that lacks representation and the resources for true self-governing of the island. Which goes on to say, there's so much background and context to Caroline Fontanet-Smith interview, and we think it is important for our show to also give you that context beforehand. Okay, so hi, I'm sitting here with Caroline Fontanet-Smith, uh, my name twin, yeah. almost. <laughs> we have found crazy coincidences in our lives, in our, more than our names, too. Yeah, it's like, um, como se dice, evil twin, good twin, I don't know which is which. Maybe we're both evil, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, maybe we're like the version of a step the other one didn't take or took. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're just in an episode of Twilight Stone right now where we're just talking to ourselves and to each other. Exactly. <laughs> so you are a lawyer living in Puerto Rico, right? Where are you right now? Well, I'm living in, since I got married in like 2018, I'm living in San Juan. And actually you grew up in Rio Grande. Yes. So it's like you, Rio Grande. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's it and very proud of it. Um, don't take it away from us. It's, uh, we have to share it with Luquillo and whatnot and um, several other uh, municipalities, but we, we have a, a stake on it. We, we claim it, basically. So we, we hear it here. The Yunque is Rio Grande's, guys. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, please. Share it, but let them have it <laughs> so how was it for you growing up in Rio Grande I was reading up on it a little bit and it's, I, I know that it's quite small yes not in land but in people right exactly it's a pretty big a big piece of land considering um, but not very um, populated I don't I, I haven't read up on this since you know the last time I did a, a school project back in actually in college I think but it's, it doesn't get to 100,000, I think. Um, my school, um, I, I studied from kindergarten to ninth grade in the same um, neighborhood where I lived. Um, I think everybody was, you know, next to each other. Really connected. Yeah, like uh, in the same neighborhood was my school. 
um, one of my aunts and, and my cousins and my grandmother. And then on the other side, like of the um, street, it's not street, the Avenue La Calera Número 3, on the other side, uh -huh. everybody was 10 minutes away, tops. So that was a pretty close circle then. How was it growing up in that area in the, you know, kind of like small bubble oh, of a life? I loved it. You know, when you're in it, you don't know that it's that small. Um, my, my, I think my graduating class from ninth grade was 19 people. Um, so, wow. yeah, and that was, you know, it wasn't, it was bigger than that at, at times, but it was never, it was never 40 kids in class. So it was a little, you know, insular. I was always looking um, to the outside. Um, I wanted to read up on other places. I wanted to travel. Maybe, maybe I, I, at the at the beginning, I said I didn't know, but I guess as I grew up, I did love it and I do miss it. I miss it a lot. Like when I go, I get emotional, and especially since the pandemic, I haven't really. I'm very strict about it, and I sort of feel like people think the pandemic is over. Um, and so I haven't really, the thing is I haven't really gone back a lot because I don't want to, you know, what if I get my mother sick? You know, that, that kind of stuff. So when, when the few times that I have, um, it's been kind of emotional because I do miss it. I, it was a, I knew that I had to move here for my, you know, for my job because traveling, and I did travel for a couple of years, but, you know, it, it didn't make any sense moving forward if you're going to have kids. I didn't want to, I did have that experience in high school. I studied in Fajardo, which was like a whole other world for me. Um, aside, because um, my school was so little, it only got to ninth grade. And I think it wasn't like economically feasible to have, um, to move to high school. So I had to go to Fajardo and it's kind of weird, you know, if all of your friends have, you know, live in Fajardo and then you live in Rivera, even though it's like half an hour, it's still weird. So I didn't, I kind of didn't want that for my kids. Um, and so when did you actually start traveling and kind of opening your perspective a little bit more, like beyond Rio Grande? Actually, I was, you know, Puerto Ricans tend to travel to two places, Disney in Florida. Or the Dominican Republic, where if you're of legal age, you're mostly doing it to get drunk. Um, yeah. <laughs> I checked off those two, and and then when I was um, starting uh, starting law school, like the first summer after, I went to Europe, and I was like, oh my god, this huge European tour, um, feeling like Mary Kate and Ashley when they. You know, you remember them? Oh, my God. I love those movies. I love, I love those movies so much. You know, did did you ever feel growing up? Because I feel like I did a lot, like a big travel shame. Like growing up in like small schools like that and maybe then moving to like the metropolis from like a more more campo kind of area. There, I felt so much travel shame in my life, like lack of travel. Yes, because... You know, like, like I said, I had only gone to Florida and the Dominican Republic, um, essentially. I'm sure maybe I went to some, I went to Costa Rica, actually, um, when I was 16. But everybody, I mean, you know what? There's a bit of snobbery with regard to travel. And I mean, if you haven't gone to Paris or London, you know, and especially if you get to La Yupi, where, of course, there's people from all, you know, economic backgrounds, but 
I don't know about you, I know Tatuitenkobu, uh, which is a small, little, little, small communications school in the UP, but there's a lot of, um, you know, rich kids. And, and everybody, yeah. or, or at least I thought, like, everybody had gone to Europe, Europe and I was like, damn. I... I honestly switch. I switch majors really like quick. Like I think by the next semester after I started school there, I was like, "Yeah, this school isn't for me. This isn't my vibe. I don't know. Like I can't fit in here at all." So I'm going to humanities, and that's where it was at for me. <laughs> and you liked it better. Yeah, I really did. I, I studied like creative writing and I took a lot of classes because it was like an interdisciplinary program. Mm -hmm. So it was really like a good experience. I think it shaped a lot of my perspective. Like I appreciate, I mean, and I, I'm friends with some of those girls to this day. And I found out that, you know, maybe my first impressions were wrong. Some of them really were. But what I'm saying is that it's weird when you, um, when you live in a small town, and you go to the area uh, metro and you're from La Isla, like, Jesus Christ, it's 100 by 35, you know, give or take. It's a small island, regardless. You're part of this island, too, but there's a bit of yeah. not really there. It was an experience, definitely. I mean, I just think that, okay, I'm going to bring, like, <laughs> there's such a problem with media in Puerto Rico, too, right now. You know, it's a chaos over there all the time. Oh, I just want to, like, know about your experience as an adult now living on the island you know we're we're working adults independent right now it's how has it been that it's constantly disheartening sort of low-key depressing um i don't want to be you know dramatic about it but every day there's something and just the fact that you cannot sort of trust anybody you cannot or you do not feel inspired or like you can trust what any elected official is telling you or even that is very I, I feel like people and maybe it's good that we're woke um, quote unquote but at the same time like what, what do you do about it because I don't know it, it's really sad what's happening the fact that I can't believe that we didn't get to the whole entire island didn't get to vote on Sunday. It is so That's... profoundly messed up that I, I, I still haven't wrapped my mind, my brain up around it. Um, I mean, I actually want to talk to you about that a little bit because so uh, last Sunday, which was August 9th, right? Yeah. There were primary elections on the island for the political parties. It was for, the, is it, was it only PNP Popular? Yeah. Exactly, about the leading parties. The main, like, elite, elite yeah. political parties on the island. And, like, everything tends to go in Puerto Rico. It just became a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I was so naive. I, I, I really thought, like, when they started saying, oh, well, by 11, I thought, okay, well, then there was some delay. And I, at first I thought, well which is a little bit what I think happened, um, you know, reading what the company that was supposed to um, print out, La Paveleta said, um, they didn't do it in time. That, that was an element of it. So I, there are other elements, but it appears that they didn't make the um, purchase order in time, which is like, you're, you have, your budget is so big and you have one job or like, 
you know, two jobs counting the, the primaries, but it's every four years, like, how come you didn't get your ducks in a row? Uh, and how come nobody, I mean, who, who are the people? Like nobody follow up. Like, yeah, it's not like it's one person in a room no, and, organizing a file cabinet. It's like, and certainly, it's a big operation, yeah, right? <laughs> and the, the political party in power, um, rightfully so, get, gets most of the blame, but there are people from every party appointed to this commission for a reason, you know, to prevent things, things like this. And the fact that nobody said anything, as far as I know, maybe I just didn't hear about it, but I, I did not know that, or, or if they said anything, it wasn't big news, is what I'm saying. And um, I, I woke up on Sunday thinking that everything was good to go, and it wasn't, and, and I think it's, I don't know if the correct word is sabotage, but I feel like, but on all sides, you know, like everybody has a, a like a little bit of blame. Um, no, it's, it's definitely, that is really, like, does nobody do compliance? No. For la comisión de total no, no. You know, do they not That's, have, like. But isn't that, like, the main, like, recurring theme in Puerto Rican um, politics and public life, that there is no. You know, no oversight. What was the word you just used? Compliance, yeah. And, um, you know, due diligence, you know, those. That's true. Those really are like. And, and they're just like absent half the time. It's it's really ridiculous. And, you know, if you can't trust any of your supposedly democratic institutions, then where does that leave us? Like, like where, where, do, where do we go from here? Um, what's going to but I want to know, too, where can we go from here, too? I mean, I just hope, you know, like I saw that the Supreme Court in Puerto Rico um, made the votes from Sunday valid and they're just going to reopen the centers that didn't get their but the, ballots on time. And I get it. I like I haven't you know, read anything yet. Get the reasoning behind that. But at the same time, the process is viciado. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's tainted already. Yes, exactly. Because there are, I am sure that there were people who didn't go to vote because they weren't sure that whether their su colegio was open, whether you know that there was all this confusion until very late in the day. We weren't sure that what was gonna happen that they were just gonna stop. So. People coming back and forth, people getting exposed. Uh, I mean, I have an aunt who has several conditions, and she was there like at seven o'clock thinking that it was the safest thing to do because thinking maybe yeah. people, la gente no va a madrugar, I'm gonna be in and out. And then she didn't wanna go because, you know, you wanna, you wanna vote and then you get mad. And then you stay there for hours with people around you who maybe aren't taking the precautions and I'm, I'm really angry that my aunt had to stand there in the sun for hours for something that should be so, so easy. I mean, we've been doing this for a while. Come on. <laughs> it's not rocket science. How come, you know, how come we got so much? I know. Like, we wish we had four-year deadlines for our projects and, <laughs> and our work, you know. Like, you really can't get it together. Like, you have been doing this. You are a government <laughs> instrument. Yeah. No, it's, I'm really glad that I'm getting to talk to you about this because like I didn't, you know, I don't really have any 
like that many close people right now that have that voted in those primaries. I remember like my aunt was really upset about it. It, it was a very dramatic thing. And, you know, this comes hit after it's hit yeah. after hit. The pandemic has already been so mishandled over there. Hurricane Maria things. And I mean, things were happening before, of course, but, um, you know, we've been in a, in an economic recession for a good long while, but yeah. It feels like ever since that, como que no nos quitan el puño de la cara. Este, yeah, and, and then, like, when the earthquakes started happening uh, oh on Three Kings Day, el Día de Reyes, este, I was like, this can't, this can't be happening. Like, fuck this shit. I couldn't even believe it either. Like, my aunt. For real? <laughs> and there's there's so many, thank God for memes, because you gotta, you know, you gotta laugh, you gotta let it out. And there's, <laughs> Like means uh, about all the little because everybody when when the earthquakes start happening everybody you know you go get your mochila and you buy stuff that you know um, batteries and I don't know what and you have it and then everything that has happened since then you there's a meme with montón de mochila like if this happens if this happens like how many contingency <laughs> plans do I need to have to live in this island I mean Jesus. Wow. Uh, and the fact that wow. we cannot choose—that's the title. Yeah, and and the fact <laughs> and the fact that we cannot choose to close our own airport that 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 we have to ask Uncle Sam, please, please close our airport because we're you know dying over here. We don't have the economic resources. We don't have the um, medical equipment. We don't have the ventilators. You know, if you guys. Are not doing good with all of the resources that, of course, there are yeah. poor states. I, I get that, but Puerto Rico is very, um, yeah, our, our, our resources are very limited. So please, let, the fact that it, that it has to be that way is also, I understand why, I understand the, the circumstances, but it, it is very frustrating. And the fact that you see, I, I work in the Via San Juan area and seeing tourists not wearing a mask, walking around with their bathing suits. It is, oh my God. Um, I would be getting in fights literally yeah. every day, oh, I think, because I, yeah. me. <laughs> that, yeah, like, I, it's that, that it's, window gets rolled down. Because, I mean, come on. It, Honestly, it just feels like Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans, they just don't get respect. They just don't get respect from their elected officials. They don't get um, respect from their supplemental, non-constitutionally elected officials, a.k.a. Promesa, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> you know, none from the federal government, really, after they take so much from the island. Exactly. And, and then, like, Americans, North Americans go visit the island and they have no respect. And the thing is that I I get it. I get the fact that, that you're in a pandemic and you want to visit the enchanted island, Isla del Encanto, este, and there are cheap-ass tickets. I get wanting to escape, but I wish people would understand that you're not escaping anything and you're just placing a heavier burden than we already have. I mean, I got the control todavía. Este, there, there are houses um, eh, que, que, que se chavaron con el terremoto. And then, you know, we have all of these circumstances. And then, you you know, 
this on top of of everything else um and you have situations where you know um enfrentamiento from people from visiting from from the United States with workers i mean jesus am i glad i'm not working in a supermarket or in a restaurant i cannot i have so much empathy and it because it's so terrible you're working a minimum um wage job and then you you get so much yeah you're not protected. yeah and you get so much shit you know regardless like under normal circumstances and now you have to um be the the covid police i mean i hate it in my personal life i, I cannot imagine and i have the option you know to walk away but for it to be such a such a part of your job it's ridiculous but yeah we, we're living in ridiculous times i don't know it's all that <laughs> no it's really frustrating it's it's really upsetting because you know i'm here in in brooklyn and the news from in the united states are also like all day every day frustration with the current administration right and then I, I look over to Puerto Rico and it's like, well, it's a fucking shit yeah. show over there. It sucks because it doesn't have to be, you know, and it's so frustrating. And I just, I just want, I wonder what can even be done. Like it's election year too. And even like the elections that now are like, people are already going to step into them with mistrust. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, how do we mobilize people? How do we talk to them? And when you feel like your choices are not what you want them to be, when you feel like nobody sort of represents you, or if you feel that perhaps the, the people who would best represent you are not going to get elected anyway, and, and you're not sure, there's a big thing over here about no other than a vote. You know what I mean? Like, um, And that sort of perpetuates um, is hegemonia palabra que se perpetua the two-party system and nothing really changes. What, what has changed truly in our society in terms of, by, by means of, by political means? I, the, the biggest thing was gay marriage and that came to us because of the U.S. Supreme Court. Certainly not our elected officials. So feels like uh, we're stuck in neutral and it's all the time so all-encompassing and it's really difficult when you're just so focused on that which you don't have any real power to change because again the power lies on other people it doesn't it's not really our choice we have voted on it several times and you know there are of course i don't have to go with all of those yeah for sure But what I mean is that the two political parties in in power, I mean, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But they're not divided by values, is what I'm getting at. And so you might be, you're affiliated to a certain political political party because that's the status you wish Puerto Rico had, but then you find yourself lying with the enemy, like the meme from the, 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 the guy who, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but from the... And, For me, at least, I need that to change, like yesterday, because I cannot, it's so difficult to be um, affiliated to a party and then feel every day like you're betraying yourself, you're betraying other, because the status is important, but at what point is it the only thing that's important and at, at what cost? You know what I'm saying? Definitely. It feels, 
it feels so, and I'm going to use this elegant word, but it feels so icky, really, to, I feel like, okay, how do I phrase this? Because it just, by this point, I feel like both political parties really have lost all credibility with voters and with people, right? And they're both super old school. They are not aligned with the times really whatsoever. I feel like they both should be kind of eliminated <laughs> and rebranded. Like, can we just get with the times? Like, Puerto Rico's full of like brilliant, talented, creative people. Like, can't we have these conversations outside of the blue or the red, PNP, Popular, Pava? You know, like, can't we just actually start having the discussion of? okay, where can we take the island? And is there any way that we could get, if we become a state, can we get like a like a clause that we can review in a hundred years if we don't like it? Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. we don't like it, Give you me know? a clause. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's just like, yeah. let me test out the constitution. Can you imagine if after all this time, it finally happens. We're a goddamn state. And then we don't like it, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work out. Seriousness. Like, let's think for a second. If we were to become a state, I think so many people are going to be disappointed because it, it can never meet the expectations because the way it has been advertised or, or sold to, to the island is economic prosperity. Like, immediately. Like, like it's going to be an automatic thing. Like, they're going to put um, $100,000 into your bank account the minute we become a state. Yeah. And we know that's an exaggeration, of course, but any progress that, that could be made just by becoming a state, and, and there's an argument for that. Um, certainly, we would have, at the very least, representation, true representation in Congress, um, not have to rely on some a single non-voting representative or on Puerto Rican or or senators or, or representatives from Puerto Rican descent to have to sort of yeah. uh, and speak for us without actually being elected. But um, but in any, even with everything good that it might could perhaps bring, it would not live up to the expectations. Uh, there would be some very sad grandparents, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a really good point truly because i i do think that it's definitely the message that has been com conveyed by well, state I, I, I was looking up um my seventh grade essay on why people should vote for the new um new progressive party yeah and that's what it was about that was all it was about economic prosperity for all you know, um, wow. uh, and it's a lot more nuanced and complicated than how, you know, anything, it's marketing. There are many, many Republicans um, or Republican-affiliated um, New Progressive Party members, which is one of my issues. Um, it's sort of part of my heritage. I don't know. No, I, I said we inherit it. We inherit our political beliefs. It's the national sport because we can't really decide anything. So we obsess over so it for generations. And I remember I have a vivid recollection of when Pedro Rosselló won his second um, his second run for governor in 96. And the La Caravana afterwards, I remember yelling. 
about going to the UP, it's kind of embarrassing. I got learned so much about going in one way and coming coming out the other um, that I was determined not to change in that aspect. Like I wanted to learn about everything and I did, I, um, you know, my best friend is not the Partido Popular and so is my husband. <laughs> um, so it's not that I was closed off um, to, and that's not how they raised me at all, I, I mean, but I I did not want to change that. I, I thought it was such a... Like in fundamental part. Yeah, about being yeah. from the um, New Progressive Party, and it was a big part of my identity, because I sort of, because there were so many, or at least the people I met, um, and in law school, most people were not. So, and maybe some that were, I didn't want to, I didn't really like. I don't know. Um, some I did, of course. Um, um, but the thing was that I, I, what I did was I, I came in hard. Like, the first thing I, thing I told you about myself was that punto. That was it. Like, because I don't know. I, I was on the on the offensive, um, and the wow, offensive. yeah. And actually, that's like sort of my um, that's the first thing I talked about with my husband. He was talking politics. I don't know why in a beach in Guanica. He's um, he's a he he was a history teacher. He's into that. So he was talking to other people about politics, and he he you know he liked me by the looks of me, and he just just sort of said try to get me into the conversation. He asked my best friend, so where, where did I stand on that? Um, which It was obvious that he wanted to, to talk to me. The thing was that, ah, she told him, and then he just yelled, and I knew they were talking about me. I knew it. <laughs> and I think better. What? That's so aggressive, but that would happen. Of course, I was, you know, my interest was peaked. Uh, well, you know, while we're 2009, <laughs> we're still together and married. So it, it worked out for him, I think. And is that the moment where you changed when they yelled at you? I was sure. didn't want to be the girl who changed um, over this guy. And I certainly didn't want my family to to think that. 
So instead of, you know, he told me things and I listened and some things I, uh, it definitely opened my perspective and him studying, you know, being a, a history major and, and eventually history teacher, he was much better informed than me on, on many topics, but I still didn't want to change because I was, it was, I was, I held on to it like to a bad relationship. Uh, um, it's, it's hard because I, I think I just said porque because of <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, I think that the, so judge, so much judgment is already tied with your family, you know, just because of political beliefs. It's almost like this very real, like Montague slash Capulet rivalry on the island between like statehood or commonwealth, which is just a status that the col the colonial status that Puerto Rico is living under. Like, let's be real. I don't know why that's still an option. I don't know why it's still relevant right now, but. We will just accept that it exists. <laughs> um, like, it's so much judgment. Like, I remember I couldn't really go back to my grandparents' house, my grandfather's house, que popular Like, I couldn't go back after, like, La Huelga and really talk openly, like, badly yeah. about the political party. It was something that my mom and my aunt would tell me, like, just calm down. Like, don't bring that up here, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, like, As I've gotten older, and certainly since I left the house, um, I've been more open, but they care so much. Like, And I think this is true for mo most Puerto Ricans, not necessarily for politicians, but for, you know, everyday Puerto Ricans. Most are a part of a political party because they truly believe that that's the best thing for, for their country. And that's my great with my problem with the Vende Patria thing, because we're all, I think we, um, in essence, we all want the same thing. We want our, our country, our nation, our, that's another complicated matter, but we want Puerto Rico to succeed. We, we yeah. you know, economically, culturally, um, we, we, we have the same goals. We just have different ways of going about them, and, and that is a big difference. But that's my, that's the thing that, that if I were, they, when they, when your family truly believes that what they're doing, and some of them have been activists within, and perhaps within the party, and you're telling them when you say that I, I'm, I don't longer feel comfortable or I'm thinking of, um, like unaffiliating, which is not something you do, you know, you just one day stop. Um, but I'm having second thoughts and whatnot. They, they're going to feel betrayed because you're telling them, that everything they've done and fought for, perhaps, for however many years, doesn't mean anything to you. And you're the generation they did it for, you know? And, it's a and, and like, to be, to just go over, it just doesn't mean that you don't, perhaps, you know, believe in statehood as a vehicle for Puerto Rico to evolve, but it's just that the party in itself is already too problematic for to be for you to be able to trust it, it to trust its processes and its leadership yeah, I, i just don't trust i just don't trust the institutions much like i don't trust the catholic church so that that's how i feel about it and, and i still still don't see any other option i wish somebody would tell me another one and i would you know look at it or, or analyze it but um you remember that plebiscite i think I don't know if Sila was the governor um, at the time, and the result was 
there was some spat, as there always is, um, with the definitions of the different options. Oh, because the questions were different. There was a two-part question. So that was the next one, I think. But the one oh. in 98, um, 98, I think, I don't know. There was some, there was some gripe with the, the definition of Estado Asociado or the equivalent of, um, which is also, that was the first thing, the first time, I think, when I was a child that I, I realized how effed up our situation is because I just, you know, I just thought, wait a minute, Estado is one thing, Libre is another, and Associated is another. Like, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. Who came up with this? I didn't understand it either, but I didn't question it because I was focused yeah. on other things. But, but Anyway, in that, in that project, I, the result was ninguna de las anteriores. And at the time, I was sort of, as, a, as only a very young person can be and i mean that I, I i think i wasn't you know a teenager yeah i was like nine or ten i was so offended like what does that say about us like what what why would people do that like i wish i could go i was you know I, that's amazing though that you were such an involved kid as the years pass i understand them more and more because that's the thing if we weren't Something that doesn't exist, that hasn't been invented, and I hope it is. You know, I've been reading a little bit, and I'm treading lightly because I'm very much just starting to um, get informed mm -hmm. on it about free association, mm -hmm. where it would be like a, a status where it would be like essentially still American citizens using the currency, but the U.S. Constitution wouldn't be the supreme law of the land. And I'm just like, wait. What that sounds good. Why is why that a thing? Like, why haven't we talked about that one ever? <laughs> like, why can't we? You know, like I feel like I'm learning more and more about the actual negotiation pieces we have as a people too. You know, and all that we give to the U.S. mainland. I hate it when people are like trying to be um, a clueen. I mean, we're we're. Our situation is so particular, um, and we've been a goddamn colony for so long. Right now, there are almost, soon it's going to be twice as many people from Puerto Rican descent in the United States as there are in, I think it's five million right now in the U.S. And isn't it crazy that to this day, Joe Biden still doesn't have a plan for Puerto Rico on his website? Because I'm, I tweet at him all the time. Do it, and I have to tweet at him all. I'm going to have to start tweeting a book because I'm like, hey, AOC, Warren, and Bernie, they all have a plan. You can, like, copy-paste. I think they'll let you borrow some. But I, I, I think you can definitely say, like, for example, if somebody like um, Jennifer Lopez feels Puerto Rican, then go ahead. You know, feel Puerto Rican. Come and try to help the movie industry or whatever. Like, I hope you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not... What, our circumstances are so weird and our relationship with the United States has been so, um, you know, so frightening. people coming over there and going back and forth. And it's so, so I, I cannot say that somebody, no puedo excluir gente de la puertorriqueñidad because it's, it's a complicated. I love that because that's what it is too. That's what, I mean, Hanato, when I talked to him, like we talked about how it is also something that you assume is an identity that who are we to say yeah. that if you like don't. What, what business do I have? Like who the fuck died and yeah. made you the king of whatever, you know?
who are you to decide who is Puerto Rican and who isn't? You know, I feel sometimes like I'm walking around, you know, like a like a landmine. And it's maybe sometimes it's like more self-imposed because I want to try to be as mindful and as careful about representation and wording and about the words that I choose to highlight and not. It's tiring and, and it's complicated. And, you know, we're, we're all going to fuck up saying sometimes things that, you know, we're only human. We're, we're constantly learning, you know. So many things, what, now that all of the protests, regard, protests regarding Black Lives Matter and everything that's come up very to the forefront, so because it's always been going on, but um, everything is very present right now. Um, you start to reevaluate shit you've said, shit you've done. So, you know, but it's good. Autoreconocimiento. That, that's growing. It's good. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful when we can, you know, acknowledge those things and, and, and work on them. And I know that some people have a, an issue with Puerto Ricans not living in Puerto Rico, um, you know, speaking on the issues. I, I don't, cause I feel a little bit weird about people being independentista and not living here. I still, I, I don't quite get that. Maybe, you know. Uh, I'm sure that it, it, it can be debate, debated. Um, I just think that, you know, maybe you should come over here and fight for that if that's what you believe in. But I, I everybody has a, the right to speak. And I think that people, Puerto Ricans in the U.S. need to, because you're the, you're the ones who get to vote. You're the ones, the ones who get to make yourselves heard and then make the people, the politicians over there care about it. Because otherwise, like, you know, we gotta get organized. And you guys in, in the mainland, you're the ones who have the real power. So I, I hope everybody, I think it's a responsibility that uh, every, yeah. and I talk to my friends about it and, I, and I'm under asses. I don't care if you feel like you're apolitical or you're not very into politics or whatever. I need you to go out there and vote because it's not, it's shameful. If you're a Puerto Rican and you say you love your country and then you don't go and vote against the guy who considered selling us after Hurricane Maria, what the hell was that? When I read that, I was, and it's so typical of him. I, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, no, don't surprise. What colonial bullshit is that? No, and it just shows how terrible of a business person he is because Puerto Rico makes so much money for the United States that they don't get you know like it just shows why he has so many bankruptcies let's call it like it is preach (laughs) (laughs) no and i agree i hope like we can all start like building bridges and i hope that me doing this product and and learning from you guys and i hope people get to connect with like with guests and listeners and i hope like we can start getting like really organized and really advocating for each other because we have to, we have to get out of this mess. Like, mira, we can't do this. También, like from the diaspora, it's freaking painful all the time having to see like Puerto Rico and it's just like you said, like you have to vote here. Congress basically rules Puerto Rico. You know, if you don't, I don't want to see you here tomando de foto en el morro and saying how much you missed your island. 
show it. Show that you care. Register to vote and vote the fucking president out. Because, I mean, I, I cannot, I, I don't understand why people are not more um, consciente de, de how important it is. I wish they were. And, and I wish that it's very painful. I can I imagine. Um, as I said, it's, it's a very, it's very much um, smaller. I don't know how to say it. It's much more limited or impactante moving from the Grande to San Juan. But just from that experience, I can empathize with somebody that felt the need to, for whichever reason, to leave the island. Most of my friends, my closest friends um, uh, from law school left. Uh, you know, there are too many lawyers in Puerto Rico, and um, and, and I can empathize with how hard it must be not to be here, um, especially if it wasn't perhaps 100% your choice or what you would have wanted to do. Um, so I hope that you can channel that into, ya que estoy aquí, este, let me do something for, for mi, mi patria, you know? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's so, it's so, I love everything you just said. And it, it's hard because I think that a lot of people that, particularly those that left because they were displaced by circumstances, it's hard that with the moment that you might arrive, if you find a little bit of comfort and stability, you want to focus on maintaining that level of comfort and stability. And then you tend to kind of, forget you know you get soothed by the comfort that you maybe didn't feel before and like some of that uncertainty can be left behind because you know it's atrocious like there are too many lawyers in Puerto Rico and they're trying to pay per, um, lawyers in Puerto Rico like like minimum wage you know like they're trying to pay engineers I mean you studied for seven years you passed one of the hardest bars and and then people want to pay you what the hell, you know? So yeah, it's it's very it's frustrating. I mean, frustrating doesn't even begin to cover it at this point, right? Like, pero pero yeah, we have to we have to stay caring. We have to keep caring. We have to always. Like, I know it's a lot of work, yeah, but it's, it's hard. It's hard. And sometimes you don't want to you don't want to read the goddamn newspaper. Um, or, you know, who reads newspapers? <laughs> you don't want to, you know, but you don't want to maybe get into it every day because you just want to listen to a murder podcast, you know, learn some more about este, the Manson family or whatever, <laughs> and sort of not pay attention to this very real and constant thing that is you know, might be more yeah. depressing um, in the moment. Um, but we have to, because if we don't do it, then it's going to keep happening. Everything that, that makes it makes us uncomfortable is going to keep happening. Um, Especially those of us who enjoy the privilege of comfort in these times, we have to work extra hard. We have to really focus and think about that there are so many people that can't even focus on thinking and really like informing themselves because they are just 
asfixiado por el tiempo. You know, and those of us who get to think about these things and, and talk politics with friends, like and drinking wine, you know, we really do have like the duty to talk with our neighbors, with our family members, and hopefully just start opening their minds because the world is different. They they don't know the world like we're experiencing it. Mm -hmm. to read some books too because I yeah we didn't know we didn't know the full history I didn't know the context fully too about what was happening in the United States and their expansion and slave revolts and the Antillos and against spent you know like so much stuff that you don't really get into in school that you miss out on so you really do have to start relearning you know like our own history Ooh, the fact that I did Watchmen on HBO is like, what the hell? Like, why did I didn't I know about the Harlem Renaissance? You know, all, all this stuff. And, and the same goes from for, for Puerto Rico. Like, for, think about not, the term is not founding fathers, pero este, like important people that they teach you about in school. What women do they teach us about? Um, oh, I remember Mariana Bracetti. And all they said was that, 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 that she saw the flag, um, you know. And, and Julia de Borgo, maybe briefly. You know, there, there are so many gaps, what I'm saying. And I studied, I studied in private schools, which are supposed to be. Oh, me too, yeah. It, it was very lacking, very, I think. I mean, I don't want to say mediocre, but mediocre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I was a nerd. So I'm, talk I'm talking as a nerd who liked history, loved it, was one of my favorite subjects, and studying private schools. And there are these huge gaps uh, in my knowledge in, in, of our history, both, you know, Puerto Rico and, and the United States. They had, they never made me read the Constitution from Puerto Rico. Why? Why doesn't no. that, that has the problems? You know, if people <laughs> internalize that, yeah, if they taught like here, every American I've known, they've read the Constitution at least once in their life. You know, in school, like I don't really recall a moment where we went over it on so long. Yeah, school. 
truly did. Truly. It's really baffling, but we got to stay hopeful. Like, are you hopeful for 2020 for the rest of the God, I hope I'm not wrong. Where's the wood so I can knock up wood? But, um, I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe it can only get better for me. I don't know. Um, but I still hope so. Because even though um, it doesn't seem immediately like the verano of 2019 continue, like, um, you know, we're kind of in the same. Some might argue worse. There's something going on with it for me. Yeah. But I think that maybe that was a sign that, that people are fed up. And maybe it's not as immediate. I always think Nixon took a long time to impeach. It took a while. I heard the, um, the podcast, um, the Slow Burn. And it made me realize, you know, oh, if yeah. you think you want you watch the, the 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 movie, the the Watergate movie. All the presidents, no, is that it? No, the the one with Robert Redford. Oh my God! Anyway. Yeah, all the presidents. Is that it? Okay. Um, and you think that it was boom, bam, thank you, ma'am, and it wasn't. It took a long time. Yeah. So you know, revolutions. I might be so bold to use that term. Take some time. So I'm hoping nobody yeah. actually beheaded. It feels like it's an it's a process that began, yeah. you know, that something really something really shifted in the in the last four years with Maria being such a huge catastrophe to happen to the island and then all these things you can't control, like the inadequacy and ineptitude of your leaders and earthquakes and a pandemic and people are aware. I think they're paying more attention than ever. So I think I, I really do feel like we gotta, we gotta keep talking with people, you know. We gotta all yeah, and, and what you said, building bridges, um, and people like you, and esto suena como que te estoy dando en el ojo, pero Puerto Ricans in the United States, um, taking a step forward and, and you know using their power and their resources and their talents to try to help out um la, la isla. Este, I think that's. I, I really, really think, no, no estoy tratando de este, play victim or minimize. Of course, we we have done things. Um, we we also have power. But in the current political situation, you guys have so much power. Um, so it's really good to see um, people living in the United States um, trying to help out. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> how does that look like for you? You know how, like, what do you, what would you say to us living here on the mainland and about using those votes? I, I would just urge people to think about Donald Trump throwing um, toilet. It wasn't toilet paper; it was paper towels. I would. I wish people had that image ingrained and and really um, internalize the fact that. I'm not saying the Democratic Party is perfect by any means, any metric. So I, I think there's only one choice. Um, it's very, very clear to me, and I, and I hope that people read up and if they don't take my word for it, that that, that they study the issues and, and and really realize that we have to. Everybody has a part to play. Um, in doing what's better for Puerto Rico. And I think it's very clear that Republicans 
and especially Donald fucking Trump. So, yeah, you know, you have to vote for people who believe in human rights. And as far as Hurricane Marie and earthquakes, climate change, it's real. Vote for the party that believes in it. That's amazing. That's really so true. And I, and I hope that everyone that's listening right now really takes that to heart because, you know, it, it's not that the work is going to be done after November, but it sure will take us closer to where we need to go and to help further things and move along. Like, you know, we have like the great, the fate, the now figure of like AOC, like representing Puerto Rico too, in a way, and Nidia, and Nia Velasque, and we have, you know, we really, Richie Torres is running for, for Congress in New York too. And we have representation and we have to really look for each other, build community, support each other and do what's right. And then hold those people accountable, you know, make yeah. them hear us. We got to, we got to organize that. That's the, I think the bottom line, because um, how do you think, and I, I'm glad I know that it can be controversial. I'm glad Kamala Harris got got picked. I like I like the pick. Um, but how do you think that happened? A lot of people put a lot of pressure on Joe Biden to pick a woman and to pick a black woman, and that's the exact thing we gotta do. We gotta put pressure on Congress so that they hear us out and they they have um Puerto Rico um in their list of priorities. And if we don't organize and and become powerful through that union, it's not gonna happen. No va a ser de la bondad de su corazón, because they got, again, 50 states to worry about. It's, it's not gonna happen just, you know, if they. Magically, yeah. out of the kindness yeah. of their hearts. No, not really. So we, we. You know, and we have a lot of power as consumers. We really do, too. So, like, put your mouth where your money is, or vice versa, too. You know, like, let's. Bring on the pressure. Bring on the heat. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You hyped me up. I love this, Carolyn. Thank you so much for this interview. I really had the best time. My evil addiction. I did. I really enjoyed it. Oh. And by the way, while we're at it, vote and fill out the census. Fill out the census. No mention though. Yes. People don't get it. I, I'm this close to getting a megaphone and just yelling at people. Fill the census. It is so important. Oh my god. We need like a big social media campaign or something too. It's como que llena, lleva, llena el censo a cinco personas en tu familia que no lo han llenado. Toda la semana. Trata de figure out five people at least. Yeah, that's what we want to do because like. Like it, like you can do it online. Vete a casa tus abuelos, tus tíos, todo el mundo. Yeah, they're gonna do it by themselves. So if you yeah, feel free to tell me. I got okay. Have you seen a Black Widow where she talked about Marvel's Black Widow, the Black Ledger, and the you know the bad things she's done and the good things. Ah, oh, Bernie, I need to, I need to do some good. <laughs> Yeah, to get some good yeah. karma post bread up there. Oh my gosh. That's it for our show this week. If you would like to write to us or send us a voice note, please email us at bq at boriquepod.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at boriquepod. 
For exclusive content, please check out our website, purikepa.com. Okay, bye.